William is seeing another woman. What? Oh, I wish it weren't so, but it is so, so. So sorry. <laughs> Who is she? Uh, whoa. <laughs> William and I are friends. We are in business together. I mean, this is already getting a little messy here. I am not saying another word. I've already said too much. <laughs> All right. I understand. Oh, God, you're relentless. <laughs> okay, he got us. Her name is Monica. And if you want to know where she lives, I'll drive you up there. Come on. Oh. Hello, and welcome to Oh Hell Yes, a girlfriend's podcast. I'm Nettie Smith. And I'm Etsy Rowe. And today we are covering Maybe Baby, Season 5, Episode 5, original air date 10-18-2004, written by Karen Gist. And I know y'all have been waiting for her. She's here. She's here again, guys. It is Super Fan Tony. What's going on? I'm so happy. I'm so, 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 so happy to be back. My favorite show, my favorite girls. Yeah, thank you for coming back. So why'd you pick this episode to be a part of? Mm-hmm. The drama with Tony and with Todd. <sighs> Just so I could complain. That's why I picked this episode, because I like complaining about Todd. He get on my nerves. I feel like there's a lot to complain about in this episode. Ooh, because yeah. I got some words. Um, other than that, how have you been? I see you've been building a empire on TikTok and IG. Tell uh-huh. us about your business. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, when I'm not super fan Tony, I am... Tony Fine, your fine fit sister. And I've just been using my past struggles with weight and eating to help other people no longer struggle and just find their best selves. So that's what I've been doing online. I absolutely love the community that I'm building over there. So it's been going very well, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Just in time for the holidays and all that awesome family food afterwards, New Year's resolutions, we can uh, hit you up. I want you to hit me up before. You know, I was watching... Soul Food, the movie, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. And that movie is absolutely insane. The movie literally begins with super high calorie food that Big Mama is making. (laughs) Five minutes into the movie, we find out that she has diabetes. I mean, just Mm -hmm. five minutes in. Yeah. Literally seven minutes into Mm -hmm. the movie, she's rushed to the hospital along with, so her daughter can have a baby. But there she finds out that she has to get her leg cut off from the diabetes. And then maybe 30 minutes in, she passes away. I hate to be a spoiler, but if you haven't seen this movie, it's been out for 30 years. Don't even, don't worry about Uh, that. (laughs) And then maybe 35 minutes in, just moments after we bury her, we're back at the same tables eating the same food. So with 62% of Black women who are obese, which is connected to having cancer and diabetes, we just try to to live a little bit longer. So have fun over the holiday, but don't turn, don't go crazy. Do not go crazy like Big Mama did. Please. Wow, what a great discussion on that movie, because that's somebody's favorite movie out, out there. Like somebody right now is like, dang, you just ruined my favorite movie. For sure. And yeah, I'm like, well, then shit. It was supposed to be a, a movie about the love of food and food bringing people together. And mm-hmm. you did point out some things. She really did have that. If you go watch it now with new eyes, you'll be like, dang, that's actually crazy. Because <laughs> she did pass away. And if you watch the series, her her husband passed away like the same way health issues so, holy shit yeah. it's wild you, know, you ever thought about doing a podcast where you look at old fun movies and you just gut them based on health issues and like things that aren't healthy for people like this like harold and kumar go to white castle like talking about why white castle is even so bad or like something like that that'd be a great concept go ahead and use that <laughs> i you know what i might use that because i do love movies and i do love food so that would be good Mm-hmm. Cash up. <laughs> Cash up. <laughs> anyway, let's get into Maybe Baby. And Etsy, I believe it's your turn yeah. to start with this cold open. So the girls are in their residential hangout spot. I don't know what it's called. They're blue in bar. There. Blue bar, blue bar, blue bar. They're there. Blue bar. They're in the restaurant. And Tony's baby is hungry. So Maya calls the baby Heva. I didn't catch what she called him. Jabba the Hutt. Um, Jabba the Star Hutt. Star Wars fans, you guys know that. If you if you know Star Wars, you know Jabba the Hutt. He looks like a mound of poo. 
Oh, the face. Oh, I didn't I didn't get that reference. Oh, what the hell is she talking about? Okay. Yeah. So it's a Star Wars thing. Okay, so she calls him Jabba yeah. the Hutt. And then Tony says, Don't call my baby out its name. You don't hear me talking about Djibouti's big head, do you? And Maya goes, Well, Jabari don't got a big head. His shoulders is just small. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of true. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to talk about kids, but. You know how that go. He kind of weeble wobbles. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> and then Tony goes on on this tangent about how she got a man, how she's skinnier than everybody in the group, even though she's pregnant. And I'm just like, Tony, what man are you talking about? You got a husband on paper. <laughs> Well, also, maybe she's, because she's pregnant, she's trying to figure out or let everybody know, like, I still got it. I may be carrying a child and I may get bigger and I may be going through all this stuff, but there's still some things that I got on y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, so we find out that Todd's coming for the three-month appointment. So she's hoping to get him back and she's laying traps. Well, she's planning to lay some traps and she gets up to go puke and Maya says, that's right, Jabba don't like ugly. And we get our theme. Mm-hmm. So next we're at Tony's apartment. We start out there and she's lighting some candles. She's wearing some uh, like lingerie, negligee, whatever you want to call it. Something French. Mm-hmm. And she goes to the mirror to give herself a pep talk and the baby a pep talk. And she starts to gag. Oh, my gosh. She's still doing it. She's still doing it. Mm. And like she chastises the child. OK, listen, kid. If you screw up tonight for me, I have two words for you. Walmart clothes. <laughs> like the baby's inside of her plotting her her downfall. <laughs> but then Todd walks in and he sees the candles and all that and he's not impressed. First off, did y'all see the way he walked into this house? The swagger? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like for somebody with so much debt and all that to be looking so comfortable. He he he's comfortable. He's cozy. You see what I'm saying? And I'm like, this is why I keep saying stop fucking with niggas who you wouldn't normally fuck with. Because now he comfortable. Imagine being that comfortable having, what is it, half a mil of death? 250K? 750,000. It may as well be a million. And you got a baby on the way. No stress in this man's life. He is not worried about a thing. He act like he owned the house that he walked into. Attitude, big attitude. And your marriage is is in shambles with a baby on the way. This is what I'm saying, but he don't got to worry because he's not the one that's having the motherfucking baby. See, man, he goes in, checks the mail and everything like he's been there forever. Oh, man. But she greets him and he's like, what's going on? She's like, oh, it's a welcome home party. And she tries to seduce him. Let me unwrap your gifts. Not now. She keeps trying, but he's not with it. He really hates this woman. Absolutely. And it makes no sense. Tony is a difficult woman. She's been difficult from the beginning. She has not hid even a little bit of her personality. I feel like he's a conqueror. He got her. He trapped her. He's ruining her body. And that's how she sees the bo- baby as well. Because that body is what she cares a lot about. Those four grown women were sharing one dessert. We talked previously about how skinny they were. I mean, like, girls nowadays are small, but like, they were really like modeled thin back then. They were sharing a dessert. She talked about how much she she was skinnier than all the rest of the girls, even though she was pregnant. And she's always been very, very, very thin. And so with the baby, that's throwing it out. She's throwing up. He's ruining her. He's ruining her. And I think he likes it. He found this woman that was above his pay grade, above his height, above everything. And he grabbed her and he just ruining her now. And I think he is enjoying that part. I never liked Todd. He was too short. That was it. Oh, he's ruining her body. But mm-hmm. as much as he is ruining her body, Tony still loves this man. Do you think it's actual love or it's like, well, this baby needs a dad. So I got to fix this before it comes. Yeah. Love. A weird love. A Tony Child's love. But love. Because she loves Joan. <laughs> but sometimes she's not the best friend to Joan. She loves her sister, but she is not the best sister to her. This is her, how she displays love. Not in a way that I would like, but her loyalty, the staying there, no matter what, if it goes up or down, she is just going to hold on tight. So it's her version of love. Not mine, but that's how she get down. I think it's this baby needs a dad. I think it's some type of, um, 
my man, my man, my man, my man, my man. Um, one of them tight pick me situations. Because Tony, the fact that she was so ready to discard this baby after it dawned on her that Todd wasn't going to be there. It's like everything was just going to be for Todd. And she said it like you are, were going through this. We're going to go through this whole process. You're going to create this trauma that happens to your body, which, yes, it is trauma. You you willing to risk your whole life for this nigga who don't even want you just because you feel like. And also she brought it up at the table, too. At the beginning, she goes, oh, and I have a man. Number one, that's not true. Um, You don't. And (laughs) number two, even if you did. And? You know how girls be sometimes. Especially when they got three other friends that ain't got no man. They're like, well, I got that. I got that that ace in the hole. I got the card. I got the, my man. Yeah, that's the problem, right? Because when you put your worth on another person, it's fine to be happy that you're in a happy relationship, which you're not, Tony. He don't even want you when you're carrying his fucking child. Like, does that... Oof. Does that register? <laughs> I think she thinks it's her get back because she is so bad. She, I mean, she did the same thing with Joan. She did the same exact thing with Joan. She hurt Joan by trying to have sex with Joan's boyfriend, whatever. She uh, endured what, how Joan was like, no, I can't be friends with you. No, we can't have this fr- um, friendship. And then she just pushed through. And hey, me and Joan are friends again. She's used to being bad to people, finally them getting upset with her, but eventually them getting over it. So Todd right now is mad. Okay, maybe he's mad because it's just now hitting him that, you know, she's not the best kind of person. But he'll get over it eventually. We got this baby coming. Come on, get on board. And I think she's taking the beating because she feels like she deserves it because, okay, well, whatever. I did fuck up a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's just a baby doesn't cure stuff. And I'm sure in this early 2000s time, we know that. And that's a that's a big thing that we should all know at this point. Um, But then again, when you're in that situation, you can't see the forest for the trees. You can see from the outside looking in. But when you're in it, sometimes it's hard to see that. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a a terrible little cycle. Um, So next we're at Blue Bar. Minus Tony. Joan is drinking a glass of wine and sulking because she thinks that Tony was right. Tony is skinnier than her and she don't got no man. And Maya agrees and says, you know, and Jabari's head is kind of big. And that's when Monica and William pop up. And Monica's like, hey, girls, what's going on? We're just popping in for a drink. And then she tells the girls, "Um, now enjoy your little girls night out. Your little, your little girls night out. Have you guys noticed that black people can be petty just with one word? Just adding one word. One extra word to a sentence can change the whole meaning. Your little girl's night out. That's the key word right there. Why you have to put that in there? She want to be petty. That's like, what the fuck you mean by that? <laughs> it definitely devalues what you're doing. Because, like, if somebody ever said, hey, Nettie, how's your, your little podcast going? Mm. You're like, what the fuck did you just say to me? Uh-huh. Whereas if that word was taken out, I'd be like, oh, it's it's going like this. It's great. It's We're, we're having fun. Um but that whole Monica's just petty in general, but that's yeah. it. Yeah. This episode is heavy on the male validation. Maybe it's talking about how there are no men in LA because Monica flinting around with William, the one man that's in the group, it, it, it ain't many <laughs> men to go around. They are all single. So Tony's trying to hold on to her man and he live all the way over there. And the rest of the girls are just, they're not successful in that part of their life. And for this season, like every other season, we haven't seen them be so bad down. I mean, they having a partner is great, but usually like, I don't know. They don't feel so sad. They're like sad this episode. Ain't mm-hmm. nobody got no man. And it's pretty saddening to them because usually someone is in a situation and it seems hopeful. But right now it's just looking dreary. Dang. <laughs> I feel like before Tony even brought up the y'all ain't got no man or I'm the only one with a man. Nobody really cared before that. Except mm-hmm. for Joan, because she's in a situation with William where it's a will they, won't they situation. But Maya and Lynn seem pretty content. They've always seemed that way. Yeah. Maya used to try to play stupid games, too. And she'd be like, oh, well, you know, my husband. Yeah. <laughs> Th- those words stop coming out of her mouth real quick. You see how life will humble your ass, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Um, speaking of humbling, so the next day after this, Joan is at Skia, another cargo pants sighting. I love it. Love it. And a girl walks up to her 
And it's Kenya Moore. Again. Yeah. More Kenya Moore. And it's Kara. So Kara was in a previous episode where she was dating William. It was the episode where, where William kissed Joan while Kara was out to the bathroom and mm-hmm. told her how he felt. And so she's like, hey, Joan. And Joan doesn't recognize her at first. And then she finally remembers. It's kind of weird when you see somebody you barely know out in public and they're like, hey. And you're like, hi. And you don't know what else to say. You shouldn't even say hello to that person. But like, what do we talk about now? Yeah, like, how can we catch up and we don't even know each other? For what? And before Kara leaves, uh, she says, hey, good luck on the restaurant. William told me about it the other night at dinner. And Joan's kind of surprised because he's supposed to be dating Monica. And so this is a scene where Joan pretty much tells Kara about Monica. For what reason? She want to sabotage um, William's relationship with Monica. I think, number one, because she's kind of jealous, and number two, because she don't fuck with Monica, so it's like a win-win for her. This is so Joan, though. This is like season two Joan. This isn't... I didn't. F- I felt like she was over this kind of pettiness at this point. Did y'all? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, dang. Well, anyway, so she drives the girl to Monica's house because she knows where she lives, and that's that's the end of that scene. So next, we're at the doctor's office with Todd and Tony. And of course, Tony's trying to seduce Todd in the doctor's office. And he is not with it, of course. But then the doctor comes in. Etsy, who's the doctor? Uncle Phil. Legendary. Early 2000s sitcoms really had the best cameos. And he's playing Dr. Couch. Nobody did the extended, exaggerated clap, though. You know, like when he walks in and he has to hold his line. Did they? I'm didn't like, do that. wasn't what year did uh, Fresh Prince end? Like '96. This wasn't too far out. Like people should know who he is. The fuck is wrong with y'all? Where the class at? Yeah, that was kind of weird. Because yeah. I was as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I want to clap. Like this yeah. is a big deal. Yeah, and like but... he's really famous within that realm. So what's up? Like y'all was trying to be yeah. shady. What they told y'all in the studio not to clap. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe this was a later take and they were just like, oh, y'all are all clapped out. Whatever. Just just walk in, man. Just walk mm. in and say the line. So he walks in and he sees Todd and Tony in a very compromising position. And he's like, OK, everything's on target. You seem everything seems good. Apparently your hormones are having an effect on your behavior. And um, Todd's very serious at the beginning of the scene. He's just there to see how his baby's doing. He doesn't give a fuck about nothing else. And so... They do the ultrasound, they put the little the gel on the belly, and they hear the heartbeat. And I love the part where Tony's like, Todd, do you hear it? Todd, do you hear it? That's your baby. Todd, Todd, do you hear it? That's your baby. No, it's just screaming in my ear. And I'm like, that is so Southern. Like, a Southern woman's thing to, like, say. But Dr. Couch has to take a call, and so he leaves the remote with Todd, and um, they listen to the heartbeat some more, and he puts it down. And he gives her a big hug and he goes, I'm going to be a father. I was like, oh, Todd. Chill. That's that's a legit feeling for him, right? I don't know if it's legit or not. I don't know. Because I feel like now that she's a bit further along, someone who really cared would actually be there. What happens, God forbid, if there is an emergency while he's in Mm -hmm. L.A. and she is in this vulnerable position? She can't call you. Yeah, Todd Todd don't care. Yeah, Todd don't give a fuck. Yeah, he don't care. Wait, y'all, so y'all took this as not true feelings? Like, I felt like he was really being serious. He's excited about this baby. Yeah. Absolutely, because even when he had the nerve to catch an attitude with her and be like, I, I can't hear the heartbeat over you yelling. Oh, <laughs> oh, go ahead and say it. We're that kind of podcast. Yeah, but I, I, I didn't really stop me in my tracks. Like, and then... Okay, he heard the heartbeat literally for half a second. Mm -hmm. He had the machine on her belly. He could have heard more of his daughter or his son. He literally put it up there, heard it for half a second. And then that performative ass, oh my God, I'm going to have a child. You don't want to hear a little bit more. Make sure the baby is really eating (laughs) up in there. Todd is fake and phony and I don't like him. I just, I can't he, he get around so what he did to Tony. I'm blaming him because Tony is a mean girl. Yes, whatever. 
But you wanted this mean girl. You love this mean girl. You encouraged this mean girl. And now you have this mean girl and you're throwing her away along with the baby. No man USA. Because I don't even understand why they broke up. I- I'm still trying to understand. What was the breakup? I guess it was the money thing because he was trying to get out of debt and she wasn't really taking it seriously or something like that. And spend more time with the girls and treat the girls with a little more respect than he she treats him. And <laughs> He started fucking that blonde bitch. So he found some new pussy to get oh, yeah. up into. And then Natalie, of course, Natalie sweeps in and That's she's weird. giving him attention. And Tony's not giving him the same attention. She never gave him attention. I never yeah. gave you attention. Ever, ever, ever. It was always about her. And I think he found someone who would make it about him. And that's all, that's all Todd did. Yeah. It, it was yeah. a way. I, I, I like the scene because it was funny, but I hate the scene because it was like, damn, she really not about to have no husband. And the baby is really about to grow up without a father. Yeah, I guess my BS meter is a little needs a, a little tune up because I was like, <laughs> oh, he really for that moment. I believed he was excited about that baby, even though later on he's like, oh, I'm still getting a divorce. Like, I don't I don't want to be with you. I want the baby. But when a man hears the heartbeat well, any man, he could be the hoodest. The, I mean, he'll he'll be like, hey, you know, we'll we'll see what we could do with the relationship. It's still so early in the baby life. Any guy at least tries to go back to the family. It don't matter if he got another girlfriend and somebody else pregnant. He, at minimum, is going to entertain what a life with you would look like with the child. Todd knew immediately. He came out there to tell her, I'm not going to be with you. This is never going to happen. He didn't even give it a moment to consider staying with his wife. I am your wife. And let's say, hypothetically speaking, that he got to the point where he absolutely can't be with Tony. How the fuck do you think you are going to be a present parent half Mm. across the fucking country? And there is the debt, too. Like, how is that going to work with... How are you going to pay that off at the same time that you're trying to pay for this baby? Because they could garnish your wages. And that could be a lot taken out that you should be spending on the baby. Like, you got too many responsibilities financially. You talking about, oh, I need this job because a baby coming. Nigga, the baby ain't finna see none of that money because the debt is so big and <laughs> so overflowing that once Uncle Sam and this whoever, this borrower, that borrower get their hands, all, all, all the niggas get their hands on your money. It's a wrap. Ain't gonna be much left for the baby or Tony. Yeah, I. but what, one good thing that might come out of the divorce in that case is Tony is absolved of most of this debt now, right? Yeah. She signs those divorce papers. That might, that's a little, that's a little come up for her financially. Yeah. Even though she, they split it, if they split it down the middle, she's still responsible for half that debt, right? I mean, or is that not how it works? I don't know. Well, it's his debt now. Well, they haven't been married for that long. So I don't know how it would be, especially since most of that debt occurred before her. So I'm not sure yeah. what the rules are, depending on the state. I don't know. Divorce lawyer um, Twitter come through. <laughs> but we, 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 I don't know. But I find it hard to believe that she would be half responsible for half of that debt, considering that most of that debt occurred before her. And the marriage only lasted for maybe, what is this, like a year? If even. If, if even, even that, that long. long. Yeah. So next we're at Joan's house. The girls are there. They want to know how the appointment went. And Tony's like, that stupid little schmuck. Tony, stop talking about the baby. That way they can hear everything. (laughs) I'm talking about Todd. Your daddy's a stupid little schmuck. (laughs) Tony, what happened? Todd had the nerve to say our marriage is over. Hasn't he been saying that for months now? (laughs) But now he's saying it to an attorney. The girls start to try to give her a reality check and say, you know, you got to kind of think about what this is going to be like to raise this baby alone. When I heard this, I was like, I feel like y'all are kind of jumping to conclusions a little bit. Mm-mm. I think Mm-mm. that they, they, they are snapping her into reality. OK, they have been hearing this woman talk about how much her man keeps telling her that he's going to leave her. Then the nigga tells her that he got a divorce lawyer. Once someone takes that step and gets legal counsel, you see what I'm saying? Even to meet with a lawyer is money. 
them niggas ain't cheap. So if you're ready to do that, that means you are ready to get that divorce. And Joan, being a lawyer, she already knows that once you take that step, you're not going to take a meeting, a consultation that's hundreds of dollars or however much, right? Because they're in Beverly Hills, may even be in the thousands if you're not serious. Girl, you need to step back to reality because your nigga is leaving you. You're pregnant and you need to figure out how you're going to raise this baby by yourself. And I think where you were going is, is he going to be, uh, just because they're getting a divorce, does that mean she's a single parent? Right. Yes. I don't care if you're the most present nigga in a a child's life. Even if you lived across the street, that's still a single parent. And Todd lived across the country. So there's no way... And it's controversial, but a two-parent household ain't nothing like a one-parent household. That's a lot of pressure on one person most of the time, being Tony, especially the kind of lifestyle that he lives. He already a doctor. He wasn't going to spend that much time at home. Now he's across the country. She is going to raise this baby on her own. And for the two days out of the week that he got the baby or that his mama got the baby because those are his only days off of work, that's not enough time. So I think it's... Very, very, very difficult. And realistically, it's maybe Maya. We don't talk about her being mm-hmm. um, raised by a single mother that much, but she can give her some insight. Ain't not a, that ain't gonna be cool for this baby, and for no reason because it's, she got with a man. She did the steps. They got married. They, then they got pregnant. I'm doing all the right things, and then you still end up a single mother. <laughs> with that logic, do you consider Maya a single mother? Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. Maya just has a bit more support via her friends, via her mom, because Maya was smart enough to not only be close to her mother as far as like proximity, but also have a close knit of very resourceful friends. Most of Maya's friends are rich. No shade, no tea. And she knows that. So... Maya is just a single mother that has resources, right? That has a decent amount of support. But most single mothers, a lot of them don't have that. They don't have the privilege of being 20 minutes away or 45 minutes away, however away um, Maya was from her mom. They don't have the privilege of having not one, not two, but three other friends that she can kind of like, just like, okay, y'all watch Jabari or Jabubu or whoever the fuck. And Darnell stepping in sometimes. Right? So that's a lot of support. And who says that any other single mom is going to have that. You're still a single mom. If you and if you and the man is not together and you have a child, yeah. you're a single mom. Y'all are both not under the roof. You are a single mom. I don't give a fuck if that nigga lives next door. Doesn't matter. Okay. She <laughs> has, I, that's what I've always thought because she has help. Mm-hmm. Darnell spends time with Jabari. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he gives him what he wants. He pays for what he needs. If you're in like in a two family household, let's say Darnell and Maya, they're doing good. But since Maya has to pay all of her bills all by herself, she now got to work 40 hours plus overtime, which means she's not as home as much versus if she was living with Darnell, she could take less hours and be at more at home with the child. Mm. Or the fact that now she thought and bopping, so she got to be in the streets dating. So Jabari has to get more more babysitters. And that, those are things that have to get paid for. If you have a partner in the home, you can balance between the two of you guys. So there's not as much time outside the house, more time with the child. Got it. Tony is going to have to find a new love of her life. Shit. Don't nobody want to be single. She might have to work more to pay by herself for her child to have all the opportunities that Todd says, oh no, I don't want those. And then when he starts having more kids on the outside, that cuts down his responsibilities in her house even more. If you do not have two parents in one home, that is a lot more responsibility and time and money that the baby won't get. It, it versus if you had two parents. Even mm-hmm. if you had like a lazy ass nigga in your house, at minimum, he'll be a good babysitter. Even if he didn't even work. Now that's one less bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He'd make more food, you know, but we don't want that either now. You don't want that either. <laughs> especially, especially when they're when they're still that toddler age, right? So when they start going to school, it's a little bit of a load off because you can work while they go to school. But once from zero to about three, four, yeah, it's gonna be mm-hmm. really hard, like extra hard. Yeah, 
that reminds me of, like the Nick Cannon situations. All that stuff that y'all brought up, I'm like, oh, they know. These girls know. Oh, they're ready for the life. Yeah. And then didn't one of them say that they're not even like they they're pretty much financially responsible for the kid, like a hundred percent. No. Like no. they are not Did Nick. It, one of them said that they was like, um, people think I'm getting bread. I'm not even getting bread. Like I'm pretty much paying for everything. And I was like, hmm. So to those people who were like, oh, what? well, he's rich, so he can have this many amount of kids. First of all, Nick Cannon bag ain't even that long for y'all to even be saying that for 12, 13 <laughs> children. Nah, not even that that no. long. The nigga got bread, but let's not. That's number one. And number two, not that one of them done said that. I'm looking at the situation like, wait, you bitches are having babies by niggas and being the eighth and seventh baby mama and you not at least getting financial support? Jesus That's Christ. That's crazy. Ugh. Yeah. And what is Nick getting out of that? Oh, what boy. Is... I can be found a broke voice. Ugh. Anywho. <laughs> Nick yeah. is getting the, the the chance to spread his seed and create a We Are the World based on his um, DNA. That's what he getting. Man. By the way, loving the conversation. I am loving this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next we're at Blue Bar. William shows up to see Kara. She's sitting at the bar. And it's funny how they do the reveal for this because Monica's sitting right next to Kara. But from our perspective, we can't see that because the bartender is hiding Monica. But from his perspective, he can see Monica, so I don't know. But once the bartender steps out of the way, he sees that Kara and Monica have both parent-trapped him. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've shown up because they are ready to confront him about the fact that he's dating both of them. And he's like, listen, I was honest with y'all. No strings, no commitments, no cuddling after. That's where I am in my life right now. Well, if you two aren't interested, then... I can respect that, but no apologies. But what I don't understand is why these two beautiful women mm. are fighting over William? Yeah. Like, you know, in LA, there's nobody else. Really? You know, that's the exact words, like, bar for bar that I put in my notes. Like, okay. <laughs> two beautiful women fighting over William? Question mark. Like, that's what I wrote down, my nigga. <laughs> Like, this ain't like some small town where he is the only tall black dude with a great job. This is L.A. And y'all are fighting over this dude? Come on now. And I'm also thinking about, I'm not sure what Kenya does or her character does in the show because they don't really dive into that. But Monica is bumping elbows with other Williams. So maybe it's his personality that she likes because he's so easy to control or something that she gravitates Mm. towards. But as far as the status, Monica, I'm sure there were other men of that caliber or higher that you've bumped elbows with. So you out here fighting over William, bitch. Oh my God. When I listened to you guys' podcast before I got on the first one, I was like, damn, they really don't like William. And I always liked William. <laughs> William was a good fucking catch. So y'all are talking shit about William. Yeah. What? Yeah. Because I would hear the podcast. I'd be like, damn, they really don't fuck with William. That's crazy because William, medium ugly. So you don't have to worry about nobody trying to act like Tate Diggs around here. He care about his mama. He got hella money. And he got a good ass job. Yes, he Republican, but he like one of them. OG black Republicans, not like the new age type. You know, he ain't no Hershey Walker with it. So, okay, he courty as shit, but he still get out there and play with the bruns and play basketball. He's kind of a good catch. So they're fighting over him. I think because it's LA, ain't no men. Mm-hmm. Um, also because he got a big ass dick. I hate to throw this out there, but Lynn did tell us it don't make no sense. He working with a monster. Why wouldn't you want William? Like, what's wrong with William? Give me one one wrong thing. The misogyny. Um, I'll do you. The misogyny is a big thing. William has a, a group of girls he's been friends with. And that too. Dating a nigga with, with female friends, that many female friends, that's a red flag to me. Yeah, that's a huge red flag. Maybe you could do it. I don't think I could do it. I don't want to do it. But he was quick to cut off those female friends. These are just the hoes that he run into, make nasty jokes with. But he don't be around them. And when he got with Monica, he was like, don't hang around. She was like, don't hang around him. He was like, okay, fine. He, you can't control them. Shit. Better than the other guys they done brought through here. 
I just love when you said medium ugly, by the way. Medium ugly. Yeah. Medium ugly is, I might have to drop that here and there sometimes because that's brilliant. That's a brilliant <laughs> concept. Anyway. Medium ugly, just enough to pass. But here's the thing. On paper, right? William is decent, right? But I feel like once personality is something that needs to be accounted for. And I think that that's like, that's what a lot of what's missing in today's dating world is that men think that making money and being a provider is a personality trait. And it is not. You still have to be a kind person. You still have to be caring. You still have to have that emotional intelligence. That's what a lot of them are missing. And that's why there's this disconnect between uh, men and women in this dating world in heterosexual relationships because it's gone. And that's the main reason why. Baby, most women in 2022 that are in that dating range don't need men's money. Let, let me say this again. Most women that are in mm-hmm. that dating range do not need their money. I don't know a bitch who don't got a job, but I know niggas who don't work. Oh, okay. You're right there. You're right. You see what I'm Cash saying? Yapper. Cash at me. So when they try to bring this whole, um, oh, well, I have a jet. Most bitches got jobs. Nigga, this ain't the 50s. Niggas got to work. You see how expensive shit is out here? And? Okay. What happens when, when, when we come home and then we get together? Am I safe to express myself? Mm-hmm. That's the question. Yeah. William. And he lacks emotional intelligence with women. He does. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I do see benefit in William. I like William's character, and I like that Monica really saw the potential in him. I like the kind of character that she is. Like, mm, this can work for me, and this can make my, we can be beneficial. This mm-hmm. relationship can work for both of us. So I like her tenacity with him and her seeing past his exterior, which is gauche. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 I don't mind Monica as a character. I like the cutthroat bitchy black girl characters that's why i love the the scandals the how to get away with murders i love all of that shit so that show that y'all was talking about earlier i'm gonna get into it because i i'm i'm here for it reasonable doubt yes yes so i do think that within their um their relationship that that dynamic can be very successful you are gonna make the money but i'm gonna control where the fuck it goes how we spend it etc etc and be the puppet master. I'm here for it. I, I think it could be very successful and long lasting. And if it works for them, then it works for them. Shit. Yeah. So Monica leaves, kisses him, tells him, I'll see you for dessert. And then that's when Kara, once before Kara departs, she drops the bomb that Joan was the one who told her what was going on with the date and the two women at the same time. And William gets revenge in his eyes. So he goes over to Joan's house to confront her about it. Mm-hmm. I love this scene. She has her night clothes on and shit. She's eating popcorn, watching TV. And he's like, your little plan backfired. One where you try and throw salt in my game. William, the day you have game is the day I want to marry you and have a gaggle of your corny ass, stamp collecting, Republican loving, ashy need little babies. <laughs> mm, I like that one. And he's like, oh, you know what? It actually finally makes sense to me. You're trying to sabotage my relationships because... You want me. And he's like, you know what? For once, just be honest with yourself. And that's when Joan gets really serious. And you hear this romantic music come in and Joan confesses her feelings. You're right, William. I've just been so scared to tell you. And I can't hide it anymore. We belong together. I don't know why it took me so long to admit it. I love you. And I want you. Not! (laughs) (laughs) Got him! (laughs) Etsy, did you you see it coming? I kind of did, yeah. That was some shit. Because she got so deep into it. Like, it was just kind of like a switch. And the switch happens so quick. It's like, yeah, she's trying to be sarcastic. And then when he goes in for that kiss and when she said, oh, got him, loved it. <laughs> Yo, she he leaned in like, 
he was ready. They got real close. He really leaned in for that kiss. And she's like, nope. <laughs> that also tells me that he's not really fucking with Monica. Because look how quick he was. Mm-hmm. We said that. He's still in love with, with Joan. He just knows that Joan don't want him right now. So mm. he's over here fucking with these hoes. Mm. That's the only reason he with Monica and, and Kara. That's the only reason. <laughs> but the way... I don't know if Tracy almost broke character or what it was, but... <laughs> Tracy was on the floor and the audience was laughing for a, that was a long laugh I liked it and he's like you know what he's like you're crazy and you're jealous and she's like jealous of what and he's like well I have all these women waiting by the phone for me and you're on the last train to old maidsville it's like damn he says some other stops later on I'm like oh god this is the type of shit mm-hmm. and um I like when he's she's like uh or nada <laughs> <laughs> it's like who's not a not a chance in hell you got one waiting by the phone <laughs> man he pulls out the phone he's like let me prove it to you so he calls monica and kara both like separately and they're all like hey and they always end it with i'll be waiting <laughs> i'm like what the fuck <laughs> and so joan tries to pull out her phone and, and prove that she got options too but the number she dials is no longer in service so <laughs> he's like that's right next stop old maidsville continuing on to bitter town and barren womb i'm like damn william i mean that's harsh you got a lot of shit to say for a nigga whose bitch left him at the altar you see what i'm saying you got a whole lot of shit to say <laughs> you can never you can never come back from that huh Etsy? yeah you got too much dip on your chip you don't even know if these bitches is gonna um if they gonna go through with whatever plan that you're concocting in your head, the last one left you at the last minute. So I wouldn't get too cocky. Stay mm. humble. Yeah. Humble like the old black people stay humble. Humble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so next the girls are at Blue Bar chatting it up. Tony arrives late and she's uh she tells the girl she's been thinking about her future, about the pregnancy, and being a single mom. And she's made some decisions. And they're like, oh, good for you, Tony. Mm. Tony says she finna get the abortion. That's what she finna. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, I feel like, when the episode kind of goes off the rails. Look, Tony, that is not what we meant. Yeah, we just wanted you to get excited about the baby for the right reason. Okay. It was given Tyler Perry. It's given Tyler Perry. I feel like... All the like gaslighting. Yeah. Some Republican person bursted into the uh, writer's room at the last second and was like, <laughs> let me finish this shit off real quick. Yeah. It was so out of place, too, the way they were, like, interrogating her. Like, like it was just really weird. Maya's like, she's selfish. And then Lynn comes with her bullshit-ass analogy. Well, what if my parents would have aborted me okay bitch then you want to be here what the fuck that got to do with me yeah you wouldn't know a thing i'm not trying to be heartless but you wouldn't know a thing so i mean ain't like you contributed much to life anyway but (laughs) you wouldn't know the thing so yeah it's like the only person that's kind of sort of being like logical is joan and she's like wait you know you really want to think about this the rest of these bitches excuse me and it's funny that i mean they they're actors they have to say what's presented to them they're reading a script but i don't think these girls these actresses feel that way i can't imagine they feel that way Mm-mm. I, I, I i i think it was a hard one for them to even like get through like what and then it's like it's so so out of character because even though joan is a pick me and so is Tony, kind of. Like, you know, I think that in the real world, like, if these were real people, that's not how they would have reacted to it. Like, immediately. No, don't do that. The, bitch, it's not your motherfucking body. Like y'all said, y'all snapped her back to reality. She realizes she's going to be a single mom, and it's her decision to do what she wants with her body in her life excuse me well i think that's where um it took a, a long time to get there but like girls is one of my favorite shows on hbo they did abortion the best it's my favorite episode on that series where a character comes in to the scene started the episode and just tells her boyfriend 
uh, he's like, oh, do you want to go for a run? She's like, no, I can't go for a run. Actually, I can't go for a run, have sex, use a tampon for the next, uh, you know, week or two. He's like, huh? And she's like, yeah, I had an abortion this morning. So I, you know, you can't do those things after you have an abortion. And he goes off. Uh, so angry with her, but it was so matter of fact. But that was the second episode they did with abortion. The first episode they did just like Girlfriends, where I think with the series, especially when it's in that day and age, abortion is an option, I guess. I mean, it's still taboo back then. So they have to put it on the table as an option, but definitely not encourage it. So that's where the Tyler Perry antics come in because I guess she could get an abortion, but we don't really want to tell people to get an abortion because we don't want to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, if they were, and those characters are also older. So if they were able to come back around to another abortion opportunity, I think they would have did it better, making it more about her body and her choices. And girl, if you wanted to do it, you could have went ahead and did it. You didn't have to ask permission from your friends. So they did it wrong, but I think like everything else, they did it for where we were in that time. Mm-hmm. Yes, women can get abortions, but no, we cannot tell women to go get abortions. We'll get mm-hmm. in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess they didn't want to get early 2000s canceled mm-hmm. um, yes. by saying the wrong thing or making a definite statement. But yeah, it was definitely jarring to see, especially because Tony was making pretty good points. Mm-hmm. Um, she was saying like the only reason she was going through the pregnancy is because of Todd. Todd's not going to be there. She doesn't think she's getting him back. And um, she said she never even really wanted to be a mother. So mm-hmm. why bring this baby into the world with a mother who doesn't really want to be there? And I think when when Lynn talked about adoption, she was like, why would I wreck my body for somebody I don't even know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, good point. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it ain't even about that's one thing, wrecking your body. But you know how much like complications could come along with you pregnancy if you're not in it to win it? Your you fucking die. your fucking areolas can shrivel up <laughs> and fall the fuck off. Do you see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You know how much emotional and mental issues that you can and probably will have postpartum, all of that shit. It's a lot of trauma that your body goes through to bring this child into the world. And I like the second point that she made where I don't even want to be a mom. I think that that is something that we could have a whole discussion, a whole episode about. Do you even want to really be a mom or did you just want to get pregnant because you thought that that's just the thing to do when you are married and when you are with someone? You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of women that don't want to admit it, but I've heard y'all talk in private and a lot of y'all don't really fuck with the whole mom life like that. A lot of (laughs) y'all wishing y'all... It's the truth. It's the truth. I heard it. In, in confidence, a lot of y'all not really fucking with the mom life. A lot of you miss your freedom. A lot of you miss even, like, getting to go to the store or run a few errands without thinking about, damn, I need some, like, damn, go to the bathroom. To, to go take a shit? Like, you, yeah, you can't, the, the, the kid don't want you leaving the room for any amount of time. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's even when they're married because women take on most of the, uh, the child care and all that other stuff. So, you're taking on most of the child care even when you're married. So if the nigga ain't even in the house at all, you can't even be like, nigga, watch your kids. You can't even do that. Mm-hmm. And on top of yeah. that, you don't want to be a mom. Yeah, bitch, get that abortion. Don't ruin someone's life and bring somebody into this world when you didn't even want to be their mother. Like, what are you bitches even trying to tell her? And they know that more than Tony does because they know Tony. They know. Yeah. Everybody isn't, yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, and, and she's she admits so it. aware of it. And yeah, that, that's that's what I'd give her a round of applause for for being aware of that fact. A lot of people aren't. They're just like, okay, I'm gonna just have the kids and whatever, whatever. And the kids grow up fucked up because they got the neglected parents who they ain't really want them. They just wanted something to do because they was bored or some shit. Like it's a whole <laughs> cycle for real. I can't believe they they wrote them like that. It just se- seems so out of yeah. place. It was given Tyler Perry. It really does. It was given very churchy, down south. Yes. I was like, wait, these aren't the girls I remember knowing that I've seen for the past five seasons. And I also wish that what's his name would have been there. I would have really liked to see what William. he would have said. Yes. The wrong thing. If he would have been on that shit or he would have just been like, oh, okay, I'll drive you to the he clinic. He probably would have been on the same shit as them. Just considering the fact that he had a baby for his sister, 
Mm-hmm. And he'd probably be like, you know, you could have the baby and there's probably a, a lesbian couple out there who would love to take care of that kid who can't have kids themselves. Like, I feel like that would be his position. Mm-hmm. But I love when um, when Maya says, OK, girl, your life doesn't stop just because you're a single mother. Yeah. Look at Maya. She's never with her kid. I'm saying. And it's like, you know what? That's very true. Yeah. And I I also think that Maya has like a skewed perception of what it really is because she has so much support. Like Maya, everybody isn't like you. Everybody don't got a whole group of rich friends who they can drop off. Everybody don't got a mom to live 20 minutes away. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that was kind of like her talking from her perception of it. Like, nah, bitch. Yeah. So once they have that conversation, Tony decides to order a drink. Mm, that's doing a lot whatever you want to do with your body you want to get an abortion get an abortion what do you think of her ordering drinks right in front of you (laughs) and (laughs) just being like fuck this kid and just being like let's get drunk tonight that's doing a lot yeah yeah you know and we're like is she joking about talking shit about the baby in her stomach but if she did threatening abortion before if she's threatening it again now uh she's drinking intentionally to try to mess the baby up. And then, of course, if you know the season, it doesn't stop there. So, I don't know, Tony. I mean, she She is bad, but in true Tony fashion, she's always going to be bad. Then she's going to try to reverse it at the last minute. Mm -hmm. Right now, she is just being really terrible to her body. Mm -hmm. body Yeah, I'm like, I'm all for that. If you want to get an abortion, you know, go ahead. But in front of me, the drinking, I'm like, can you wait till, like, I'm yeah. not around to and do I this? I also think you- that, like, granted, you want to get an abortion, and that's that's great because that's your decision. But what type of effect, right? Because we know, let's stay with the with the ongoing theme of Tony being selfish, right? What type of effect is that going to have on your body while being pregnant? You see what I'm saying? Mm. You're thinking it's just mm. going to harm the baby. But we don't know how that's going to affect you. Like, yeah. get the abortion, fine. But t- until you get that abortion, you know, keep it cute, girl. Because you don't know what happened. What's, what's finna happen? <laughs> you trying to harm the baby. The shit finna harm you in the process. You know what I mean? Like, girl, it yeah. was just extra. And that, to me, was what topped off the Tyler Perry-ness. I'm sorry. It was just over the top. <laughs> like, all it was missing was a, was a bad wig, right? Yeah! like a bad wig and sheets trying to be snow um like (laughs) all of that stuff so (laughs) it was just extra i said mara did you take a day off during this during this Mara was on vacation she didn't she she didn't read the script she was like oh i I trust y'all y'all got it out of office email so um once she tries to order the drink they tell her to calm down and stop acting out and that's when Tony goes to leave and says, you know, I have my drink somewhere else. And what happens? She falls down. She fell down. Coincidentally, she falls down when she just decided to have the abortion. How convenient. She has a change of heart. The minute I fell, I didn't think about my shoes or my nails or even Todd. All I thought about was my baby. Oh, my God. Please get me to a hospital. Okay, come on. So what's like falling down the stairs for you to become pro-life? Oh. Because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that message. Yeah. Like, that message is kind of <laughs> off. And also, it's like, she was so gung-ho on getting this abortion. She had made her mind up. I would think that she would be grateful that she kind of fell down. Because that means that technically they wouldn't have to log it in as an abortion. They could have possibly. Well, she had to fall down a little worse than she did. That was just a little, that was a little slip. I know it was a little slip, but you know, she was still worried, right? The slip was enough for her to go to the doctor, to go to the hospital. Yeah. I I just thought it was kind of weird. Now you got to change your heart. Interesting. Okay. Okay, Republican. So he's going to be pushing people down the stairs if they don't, if they pro choice and then. That's like the message, like, hey, if your shawty, if your shawty wants an abortion, just push her down the stairs and see how she feels about a baby then. <laughs> like, bad luck. I don't know. That's just a bad message. Yeah, like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't like it either, but I get it. They wanted her to keep the baby. It was too quick so. of a yeah. change. 
<laughs> I thought it was fake, but it is okay. That was the realization. You know, Black people, we love having like, um, what do you call it? Epiphanies? Mm, Come to Jesus? Where, yeah, the come to Jesus or like this moment, you know, if you have a dream that something's going to happen tomorrow, then you don't go oh, out today. We love to be scared, an omen. So that for her was her omen that she needed to keep the baby. Girl, that to me was that, I'm, I'm like, Essie, you could have called it a, a, a miscarriage. That mm-hmm. You said you wanted something and the Lord was trying to give it to you, but I guess she wanted to renege. Mm-hmm. Because it's... <laughs> The ancestors was like, oh, you, you want to get rid of the baby? Oh, bet. Well, there gotcha, you go. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> she said it was omen. But if that's what she needed to, to keep the baby, that's okay. That's okay. That's mm-hmm. good for her. Mm-hmm. As long as she's all in. Because, you know, she just said a few minutes ago she ain't want to be a mom. So that's another thing. As long thing, as you're all in it to like, win it. I would, I would kind of be, if I, was, if I was the friend group, I would kind of be a little iffy because you just told me, and she was serious. She oh, was shit. ready to fight a bitch while pregnant. <laughs> I'm getting this motherfucking abortion. I don't care what you bitches got to say. And I don't even want to be a mom. And I was just trying to be a mom because my nigga was here and I was married and that's just what married people do. So you went from all of that. She had all of her points and her points were 100% valid. Every single Very one. Good points. To, oh, oh, my baby. I, uh, I don't know, girl. It's too wishy-washy considering yeah. how serious this issue is. It's not an outfit, Tony. It's not a pair of shoes. It's a child. It's a human being. Yeah. So they take her to go get a checkup. And now she's back at the house talking to the baby. because She got her hand on her stomach. She's rubbing it. Hey, sweetie. Gave mama a little scare. <laughs> Well, the doctor said you're going to be all right. Now, I know you heard it. Daddy's trying to divorce me, but but don't worry. Men don't always get what they want, like on prom night. We'll discuss that a little later. (laughs) Oh, sweetness. I just want you to know that I love you so much. And I can't wait to meet you. And she says, by the way, I'm a petite little thing, so don't be popping out with a big old bobblehead. And that's the end of the episode. Mm. So, yeah. So next is the oh hell yes moment of the episode. Um, Tony, in this kind of weird, strange episode, did you find an oh hell yes moment? I did. I did. I had two oh hell yes moments. One of them, state your intentions. William told the women that he was dating, hey, I'm dating multiple women. He was upfront and honest and he was rewarded. He didn't lose a single date. They just fell in love with him even more. So oh hell yes to William um, for being honest. And then um, ask and you shall receive. Tony says she wanted an abortion and the gods were trying Mm -hmm. to give it to her. So stop asking for stuff you don't really want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those were my oh yes, oh hell yes moments. Mm. Let's see what you got. I have two as well. The first one is Joan and the rest of the girls, but especially Joan telling Tony, "Baby girl, um, I don't know who needs to hear this, and I don't know if anyone has ever told you this, but you're mm-hmm. gonna be a single mom. <laughs> so you need to think about." What it is that you are going to do and have a plan laid out because this nigga ain't staying. That's number one, right? And number two, the second one piggybacks off of the first one. And Tony finally getting into her head that, yes, I am going to be a single mom and I don't even want to be a mom. So why don't I just get rid of it while I have the time to, while you still can? Oh, hell yes. Those are very good oh hell yeses. Those are very mature. Um, I didn't choose any of those. So my oh hell yes moment was seeing Uncle Phil arrive in the doctor's office and seeing that cameo because rest in peace, James (laughs) Avery. That was like, oh hell yes. Even though the audience was asleep, the audience was mass sleep. But to me, that's my oh hell yes moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hall of Fame Dang. dad, sitcom dad. Heck yeah. Like, especially black ones. They don't, don't see, they them, don't a see like, them a lot. You got maybe Frank, like five. Frank Mitchell, like, <laughs> yes, like that. Like, mm-hmm. so, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the end of our episode. 
Uh, thank you so much, Superfan Tony, for coming. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Always, always, and forever. I just love it here. I love all of your content when she went to Paris and then you was doing the different yeah, activities. Yeah. I'm looking at my phone like, yes, bitch, what are we doing today? I know that's right. <laughs> mm, what are we yeah, wearing? It was a, I'm telling y'all, I got to move to Europe. I never wanted to live anywhere. I like where I live. I live in Charlotte. I love it. I went to Paris and I'm like, Mm-mm, no, bitch, you got me. I never thought I would like it over there. But oh. it's, it's so freeing to... Most of the time, you know, whenever you go somewhere, if you, especially in a white space, if you see one other black person, you always got to get them in the head now. Like, hey, girl, how you getting here? Yes, girl. Okay, we up <laughs> in the middle, then, period. Um, it's always some kind of, like, validation or acknowledgement for every other black person that you see. Just walking down the street, you always be like, hey, what's up? Over there, none. And at first, I'm like, damn, the black people don't say shit over here. They rule. Mm. No, they don't have to say shit. No one cares who you are. No one cares that you're over here or that you're in this space. You could just be who you are without having to constantly worry about what you look like hmm. or how people perceive you. And I really appreciated that experience there. And it came, it got real to me. I remember Project Girl is a book that I like from Sister Soldier, I think. And she talks about her experience going over there and getting cursed out what's this sister soldier is one of the books getting cursed out by a bunch of white girls french girls as she tried to skip the line she was in the movie theater line and she was like i'm about, i ain't about to stand in this long ass line i'm about to skip these holes because she's from over here and that's how we act if you black you can walk around with an attitude white people will just move out of your way because they're afraid of you over there she tried to skip the line and the french bitches went off on her they were ready to fight <laughs> and she was like damn this what they're not afraid of me. And that's how it feels like over there. Ain't nobody afraid of you. And that's really nice that my blackness doesn't make me scary. So you don't stay away from me. Instead, they like, you know, they'll go toe to toe with you. Not because you're black, just because like, bitch, who you think you is? And it's a weird way to explain it. They see you as an equal almost. Yeah. As an equal more so than, oh, it's like over here, I swear, I'll roll my neck, I'll cross my eyes at a white person, they'll get to run it. They're just scary as <laughs> shit. And I'm, I'm a pretty level-headed black person, but they're just so afraid of blackness that they just get away from you. Over there, I got into it with some guy who worked at the Louvre, um, Louvre um, Museum when I went to go see the Mona Lisa. I got kicked out of the lot at the Mona Lisa because I went in there acting like a nigga. And I went in there rolling my eyes and being like, get the fuck out of my way. And the, the damn the guy who's in the room with the Mona Lisa, the Mona Lisa, his ass went toe to toe with me. And I was so impressed by it because mm. that never happens. If you black and you got an attitude, people move out of your way. Over there, they don't care that you black. They don't care that you got an attitude. And they're not moving out of your way. So act act proper over here. Act like a regular human being. Don't be so damn rude. So I'm mm. a European now. I'm I'm European. I don't care. So I wonder if them not seeing black people as scary is that. So does that work the opposite where it's like, okay, now they don't feel like they have to shoot you when just because they see blackness. Like, I wonder how their politics are over there. That sounds like it would work like that. Right. They I was watching their show. I was out there for a while. So I was watching the cop show. Now, they cops will put their foot on your neck. Don't get it twisted. Air, air where you go. They trying to put their foot on their neck. But also with their cop shows, they be like four deep in the police car, which I thought was interesting whenever they ride somewhere. And um, what how they treat the people who maybe look like they had a drug overdose. They're more compassionate. They'll put their hands on you. And they was putting their foot on white people neck, on black people. They just, you know, cops in general, a little bit overzealous. But it didn't seem like, okay, if you're black, this is an issue. I'm going to approach you as if you're a problem. Now, I know they don't treat the Africans as well. That's what I've heard. I didn't notice that. But I've heard that they don't treat Afri- Africans as well as African-Americans. Um, I love the treatment over there. Shit, just sign me up. Sign me mm-hmm. up. Sign me up. I yeah. think it's a, a must-go to for everybody, especially if you're Black, because it feels really nice to not have people afraid of you if you walk into an elevator to clutch your damn pearls. Mm-hmm. I'm just walking in the elevator, man. That's it. To Patty. Yeah. Patty. I love we it. Eat. I love you had such a good experience. <laughs> Are you planning on going back? Oh, yeah. I'm going back in January. And I, I, Damn. I'm going to go back. And- 
Nigga, you just was out there. <laughs> the food is cheaper. Like the overall experiences are much cheaper. It's only the ticket that costs. Okay, so I paid for the ticket, but everything else was like cheaper than anything I paid for over here. How's the food? Is it like actual food that you're tasting? I notice every time I travel, I eat more and lose weight. I think, oh, because I went to London too. London has like the best food ever that I've had. I think their food is very, very fresh. Um, Paris, it was like a six out of 10 with the food. It, all that they do is smoke cigarettes. So <laughs> their food is a Probably. six out of 10. However, you you could just eat baguettes and um damn crepes all day and you'll be fine. And we found a black spot. We went to the black district, which is the tenth district. We found the chicken, um, the fried chicken and the waffles. So we were good. Okay. Mm. Okay. Yay. Where can they find you? Where can the listeners find you? <laughs> oh yes. Okay, you guys can find me at Fine Fit Fitness, F-I-N-E-F-I-T-F-I-T-N-E-S-S. Fine Fit Fitness on all platforms. Hey, and her content is great, guys. Like, you will be inspired. She gives real tips, resources, and y'all getting this for free. So check her out. (laughs) Please do. Thank you, ladies. And if you guys want to talk to us, we're on social media, of course, Twitter. For now, I got to put that for now. Uh, Mm. At Hell Yes Girl, check us out. Talk to us. Let's talk some girlfriends. Let's see some hypotheticals. Tell us what you like and don't like about season five. And go on to your favorite podcast platform and rate, review, and subscribe. Mm -hmm. Now, next week, the episode that we're covering is called Too Big for Her Britches. I haven't looked at the synopsis. I know I've seen it before, but I feel like it's going to be good. So uh, check us out next week when we cover that. And until then, I'm Nettie Smith. And I'm Etsy Rowe. And we will hit you up next week. Bye, guys. Bye.